Hi, this is the Cancer Liberation Project podcast. If you've been touched by cancer and have some fear around remaining healthy, you are in the right place. As a 20-year-plus cancer survivor, Haley knows how unsettling it can be to not only hear the words, you have cancer, but also the uncertainty and fear that comes when you have been declared cancer-free. The Cancer Liberation Project was born out of Haley's desire to make cancer less scary for people, to give people hope that they can not only heal from cancer, but live their best, most vibrant life after cancer. Get ready to be inspired with your host, Haley Dubin. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Cancer Liberation Project. Today, I'm sitting down with Pregito Dove. This podcast is a little different than the norm because we do a laughing meditation together. With brief silence at the end, my bet is that you'll be laughing along with us. Pregito Dove is a global authority on expressive meditation and founder of the number one expressive meditation training school in North America. An internationally recognized author, hypnotherapist, coach, and speaker with over 20 years experience, Pregito helps entrepreneurs, leaders, teachers, healers, and CEOs align their mindset to allow more peace, time, and financial freedom. She shows you how to change your money blueprint, recondition your mind for automatic abundance, and use spiritual laws to create real-world success. Her new book, the number one Amazon bestseller, Lunchtime Enlightenment, Expressive Meditations for Manifesting Peace, Prosperity and Passion was published in August of 2020. I look forward to sharing my conversation with Pregito, but before I do, just a reminder to head over to my website at revivewellness.com to get your free seven top tips to keep cancer away and feel confident in your body again. That's R-E-V-I-V-E wellness.com. Hi, Pragito. Welcome to the Cancer Liberation Project. I'm really happy to have you here today. Well, I am absolutely thrilled to be here, Haley. Thank you so much. And first, I would just love you to share a little bit about your story, uh, your childhood, and what led you to do the work you do today. Well, uh, thank you for asking. I had a very challenging childhood. I had a verbally abusive and cruel mother and uh, a father who did not intervene or say anything. So after just getting frequently stabbed in the heart verbally, I just shut down. I, I had a lot of anger. I had a lot of fear. I was actually terrified of my mother and I had a lot of sadness so I shut it all down, decided to live in my head. <laughs> so that got me through my childhood to my early 20s. And then um, it started to show up as I got this recurring back pain. I was smoking about 20 cigarettes a day and I just wasn't happy. You know, that was very clear to me. I'd been very successful at college and getting a bachelor's degree and then a master's degree, you know, because the head part was working fine. Yeah, I just didn't feel good. And then when my son was born, I just knew I had to do something to heal myself because I didn't want to pass on and transmit all that anger, fear and pain to him. 
That's incredible because a lot of people don't have that awareness. I mean, you knew something has to change. Yeah. And I think when you have, you know, a lot of times when you have an illness, uh, as you know, I work with a lot of cancer survivors and it leads you to really look at your life and think, gosh, you know, what changes can I make? I know I need to do something. Yeah, because I didn't want my son to suffer the way I had because I knew he would if I didn't do anything about it. I didn't know what I needed to do. I'd heard about meditation, but there was no way I could just sit in silence with all this emotional turmoil and physical stress in my body and mental chatter going a million miles an hour in my head. So I was looking around and I heard about Osho's expressive meditation techniques. And I found out that Osho is an enlightened master living in India. He had a meditation resort in India. The next thing that happened to me is my marriage fell apart because when I was six months pregnant, I found out my husband was having an affair. So it's like, okay, I have to leave this marriage. Um, I took my son with me. He was 14 months old. And we went to India to find healing. And I did. I did find healing in these amazing meditation techniques. And basically, the expressive techniques, what that means is in the first stage, you express out of your body mind your tears, your laughter, your anger, all the strong emotions. And then the second stage, you sit in silence. And so what happens is it becomes easier and easier and easier to just drop down to your inner silence, which is two inches below the navel. That's our, our center, our spiritual center of our body, because I cleared out. I mean, my throat was completely blocked from things I'd never said and from all this anger and fear of saying anything. My heart was shut down. My power center was shut down. Emotionally, I was a mess. Yeah. And that leads me to the people I work with because a lot of times, similar to you, they're storing emotions or, or something traumatic happened to them before they were diagnosed. It could be years before they were diagnosed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Because we store emotions in our bodies, right? We do. Yes. And that can turn to dis-ease and illness if we do not find a way to release those emotions, it's actually a critical part. I'd say it's maybe even 90%. And I'm not a medical doctor quoting here, but I'm just talking from my own experience and my clients. 90% um, we could say even of the cause of most illnesses is trapped emotions in the body because they stagnate and they become cancerous. They become, you know, because they've got nowhere to go. It's like energy blocks in the body. Yes. And how long does it take to release these kind of emotions? I mean, can it be a one-time thing or you have to keep practicing and practicing? Well, you know, it, it could be you get results from doing it one time, but everybody's different. And what I encourage people to do, because this isn't just about releasing ex uh, repressed emotions. 
This is about also meditation and finding your center of peace and calm and relaxation and your inner wisdom so that you can listen to your body and listen to your heart and listen to your soul and be able to navigate your life with grace and ease. I recommend all of these expressive techniques I teach as a as a regular practice. Right, because it's so important to manage stress. Exactly. What is meditation exactly for people that don't know? I mean, you know, people think, like you said, you're sitting in silence and then they're worried, okay, I'm failing at this because my mind is wandering and I'm thinking about what I'm doing later. Well, uh, that's a great question, by the way. Meditation is awareness. Awareness of your emotions, awareness of what your mind is doing, awareness of your body, awareness of your environment, your present moment environment. And what awareness does, it gives you choice. So, for example, if somebody says something to you, and makes you feel really angry, then the first thing is to be aware, I feel angry right now. So I need to go and do one of Pragita's express meditations to dump out this anger, because if you speak to a person in anger, you will get anger back. That's the law of attraction. The law of attraction matches our energy vibration. So if we're transmitting anger, we get anger back. And all that does is create a fight and a lose-lose situation for everybody. So with awareness that you're angry, you can say something like, could we pick this conversation up tomorrow or on Friday or something like that? Give yourself at least 24 to 48 hours to go into your bedroom or, or wherever's private and dump out your anger, which you can do in the gibberish technique or the um, dynamic meditation technique. Those are two techniques I recommend for dumping out anger. Can you explain what those are? Yeah. So the gibberish is the first stage. You just yell and shout and stamp your feet and scream. It's very noisy. But basically, take the lid off the pressure cooker talking in gibberish, you know, any kind of nonsense sounds. So the gibberish helps to break down the clutter of the mind. And it's an opportunity for the emotions to be expressed out. And it's important to use your body because of what we just said, the, the emotions are stuck in the body. And so you clear out your throat, you use your fists, stamp your feet, you know, and shake your whole body in anger and rage, you might just do it for a minute or two longer. Most people find when they do it in my retreats where we do it in person that they could go on for quite a long time because they have so much stored anger in them. But also, you you know, the gibberish, usually when you've taken the top off the anger, then usually you either start laughing or you start crying because those are the energies underneath the anger and it's good to release all of them and then the second stage is you sit in silence and it's really very powerful 
and quite magical because you've released so much. What happens, it's created a space in you. Space is filled with silence. And that's how over time you transition from being full of turmoil to full of silence. And then you're better focused to... Well, everything's better when you don't have all this emotional turmoil, mental clutter, and physical stress. Everything in your life is better. Your work, your your, your finances, your relationships, and your health and fitness. Everything is better. So I was curious how long you sit in silence. Well, you do you do the gibberish for the same amount of time as the silence. So if you do one minute of gibberish, you do one minute of silence. Or two or three minutes of gibberish, three minutes of silence. So they're balanced. Because one is total expression and extrovertness. <laughs> and the second, the silence, is going within. It's good to do it, more or less. That's my rule of thumb. And I do have a CD for the gibberish meditation. It's on my website underneath the shop. And there's a digital version and a hard copy CD version. If people want to have me guiding them through it. Okay, great. And, you know, I wanted to mention fear because fear is one of the biggest emotions that cancer survivors feel. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, fear of the unknown and, and fear of treatment and death. death. Exactly. So how do you work with people on fear? Well, the first thing is the awareness. That's always the first thing. Be aware that the fear is there. And where do you feel it in your body? Is it a constriction in the throat? Is your heart beating fast? Is your whole body gone tense? Just be aware of what happens to you when you go into fear. And with that awareness comes non-judgment. Non-judgment is very, very important that we don't start criticizing, oh, you're so stupid to be afraid about this, that, and the other. No, nobody's stupid. It's just what is. Because meditation looks at simply what is. There's no good or bad, right or wrong, simply what is. And then the other thing that goes along with it is compassion for yourself. So the awareness, the non-judgment, or acceptance and compassion, all for yourself. And this is how you do the journey, yes, of going through fear. Now, there's two things that heal fear. One is laughter and the other one is love. So with laughter, you cannot be worried and in fear and laughing at the same time. Makes sense. <laughs> The, laugh, the energy of laughter is far more powerful than fear, which is why I recommend the laughter meditation for all my students and, and clients and to laugh every day for the rest of their lives. That's always their homework. Just find, Even if it's just a chuckle here and a giggle there and, you know, a teehee or Whatever it is, find YouTube videos, watch comedies on TV, seek out laughter because with that comes joy, comes fun, comes playfulness. And laughter is deeply healing for the mind, 
for the body, for the heart and the soul. I love watching baby videos. I mean, oh, yeah. of them laughing. I mean, you, it's so contagious. Yeah, it is. It is. And so it's just to be aware how powerful that is because babies have so much to teach us. And the more you laugh every day, make it a practice, the less you're going to feel fear. And at the same time, your body will heal because laughter is a powerful healing agent for the body because we relax when we're laughing. Tensions drop off the body, yeah? The other thing about laughter is it's a dimension of love. I never heard that. Yeah, because love is the most powerful healing energy on the planet. And one way to get into the vibration of love is to keep laughing because the heart opens, the fear disappears, and you actually are in the vibration of love when you are laughing. Well, I think we're going to have to try one of these laughing meditations. Uh, but I wanted to mention something. When we spoke earlier, you mentioned the importance of energy. And you said to try to connect one's thoughts to an 8, 9, or 10 level. Can you explain a little more about that? Yeah, that's, that's the law of attraction I was talking about there. Most people have heard of the law of attraction. But basically, what the law of attraction means is that whatever energy we're transmitting, we get back. Because the law of attraction is a one-trick pony. All it does is match. It matches your energy. It doesn't care if you're some big celebrity in Hollywood or a rickshaw driver in Calcutta. It doesn't care. It just matches the energy. So if you're transmitting fear, guess what you get back? Fear. If you're transmitting laughter, guess what you get back? More laughter. If you're transmitting love, what do you get back? More love. So obviously, you want to try and focus on the love and the laughter and joy and fun and playfulness and kindness and compassion and forgiveness and gratitude. Those energies, I, I liken it, you could say, on a scale of one to ten, with a one, say, is the most en negative energy negative and angry and resentful and bitter, we're down at a one, two, three. Yes? So where you want to be is up at an eight, nine, ten. With the laughter and the joy and the kindness and the compassion and the love. So really, all our job is to keep ourselves up at that eight, nine, ten energy level. You could do that by who you surround yourself with too, right? All that's important. Yes, make sure that's a really, really important thing. So thank you for mentioning that. The support around you, your friends, family, everybody you're connected with, make sure they have that positive energy. They're up there at an eight, nine, ten. The tough thing is when you have people in your family or a friend that you've known forever that brings some negative energy, but I think it's about creating boundaries, right? Yeah, very much so. Then that, that takes us into definitely creating boundaries because even if somebody is super negative, like, for example, my mother, but I reached a point where I just couldn't be around her. 
I told her a million times, you know, but she wouldn't didn't want to hear it. So in the end, I went for some counseling. I was only, I think, 20 or 21 at the time. I went to a counselor and I asked her, I said, I just feel like I don't want to be around her. And the counselor said, no, you should not be around her. Because my fear was I was going to end up like her and be like her. You know, the counselor said no. So I, I distanced myself. Right. And that, that goes against our conditioning because we are told, you know, family is where love is. Well, that's not always the case. You know, some, some women are abused by their husbands or, and there's a lot of molestation goes on. And I know that from my hypnotherapy work, it's one in three women and one in five men you know, from within the home or from within the family. So we have to watch out for ourselves and take care of ourselves and just make sure that those people don't have much access to us. Maybe you can cut off completely if you want to, or maybe you can reduce the amount of times you see them. You can also learn how to keep uh, your angels around you or God, or whoever you believe in, whoever you pray to, and ask them to surround you with love and light when you're with these people, if you have to be with them. You know, there's there's ways you can manage it that you don't absorb their energy. That is such a good point and a great tool for people. Uh, I know sometimes I picture a bubble around me protecting me. That can do it. Yes, absolutely. However, you know, however you want to do it. And, you know, friends, sometimes when we start growing with our own self-growth, sometimes we have to move on from friends because they're just not willing to change. But I always think, you know, ask them first, tell them how their behavior is hurting you in some way and see if they're willing to apologize and to change because some people are but some people aren't. So you have to learn to speak up for yourself. Very true. I feel like there's so much guilt involved, especially with close people around you. You feel guilty to just let them go and not be with them and all that kind of stuff. Right. And so what is guilt? Guilt is self-judgment. We are criticizing ourselves within from the head. And it's a very good thing, first of all, to be aware of that you're even doing that. And then second of all, just let it go. Let those thoughts go because it doesn't serve anything. It doesn't serve the other person. It doesn't serve you. So true. You just feel worse. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And the other person doesn't even know anyway. So now before we get into random round, I want to try one of these meditations. I'm actually a little nervous. (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing already. Let's try one of these laughing meditations. Hopefully we can make others laugh. Yes. So what we're going to do is going to just put our hands up in the air. I'll explain it first and then we'll do it. Okay. And shout out Yahoo three times. Okay. And then we burst out laughing. But there's no, I'm not a stand-up comedian. There's no jokes. It's just laughing. There's no talking. And then I will do one chime. I have my chimes here. I'll just do one chime like that. 
And that means we take the energy of the laughter inside and sit in silence. Now, sometimes people go on laughing anyway. That's okay. Just let it come to a natural end because it will, and then drop into the silence. And then I will do three chimes, and that's the end of the silence. Perfect. Quick question. If someone's driving and listening to this, is it being in silence is okay while you're driving or no, you should just be. Oh, we got to keep your eyes open if you're driving for sure. So you can certainly laugh when you're driving. In fact, that's a great thing to do while you're driving. And then what they can do is simply tune into our silence without closing their eyes. Perfect. Wanted to make sure it's still effective if you're just silent. Yes. And tuning into us. Yes. All right. So are we ready? We'll just do it very short. Perfect. All right. And just with laughter, you can fake it till you make it because it will come. The natural laughter always comes. Right. And when someone else is laughing, it makes me laugh. So yes, exactly. All right. Ready? Yahoo! 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 Well, I feel good. <laughs> good. That's the idea. Yeah. yeah. And I can see how it lessens your stress levels. You just loosen up and. Exactly. Because you're really laughing at nothing, but nothing, you know, which makes it even funnier. Um, <laughs> so many people are going to be laughing at me laughing. I, I could tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get teased. But see, you, you could laugh because the laugh is already there. The laugh is already inside of us. It just needs a trigger point and it's going to come out. You know, that's the easy part about it. And also, the more you laugh, the greater your ability to laugh. You know, I've done hundreds of hours of laughing in my life. So that's one reason I have such good health and I've never had any kind of serious illness. That's wonderful. Yeah. So are you ready for Random Round? I am. Yes. Okay. Fill in the blank. Freedom to you is... Freedom to me is having the ability to express myself without fear. The last show you binged and loved. Oh, yes. Um, Emily in Paris. That was a good one. When you're feeling afraid, what do you do? I do a meditation. Never fails. If you could have a one-hour discussion with someone past or present, who would it be and why? Eckhart Tolle. Because I would like to discuss with him the expressive meditations that I've just been talking about and see what he thinks about those. I'm not sure if he knows about them or not. And yeah, just because he's, he's really such an amazing person. So that would be a privilege for me to talk to him. What is your favorite go-to snack? My own orange juice that I make myself. Yum. Mm -hmm, it is. 
one simple thing that brings you joy? Um, I think my family. What's on your nightstand? Oh, yeah. So that's an interesting question. I actually have my chimes on my nightstand. And I have a salt lamp, like you can see behind me, because the salt lamps purify the air in the room. They're made from Himalayan salt. Um, So those are two things that I have. What's your favorite form of exercise? Walking. What's one thing you're really grateful for in your life right now? I think my family again. Mm -hmm. And lastly, where can people find more about you and your work? Uh, My website, www.discovermeditation.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. You gave such great tools and I think people are going to get really good value out of this. So I really appreciate it. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Doing so will really help this podcast get noticed and will help us to inspire more people. And remember, the sky is the limit when you take your power back when it comes to your health.